This is Aaliyah S. King. What's up? This is Aaliyah, and you're listening to Writing Practice. One of my favorite topics ever, it's something that I've taught in classrooms. It's something that I've taught in one-day workshops. It's something that I've taught with my coaching clients, and it's simple. How to pitch magazines, digital, print. Um, this is an era right now where it's a really good time to get into the writing game, and that's something that most people don't say because it's not easy. There are some things you have to know, like no simultaneous submissions, and there's thoughts on finding an agent, and there's some basics on how to pitch. My number one is write the story only you can write. And although it sounds complicated, it is possible. So this episode is all about pitching magazines, both digital and print. It's one of my favorite topics, and you'll get a lot of insight here. So enjoy. Okay, so I'm going to get started. I always forget that I can get started anytime. I don't have to wait until I see you guys are here. Um, because, oh, Stephanie's here. Dorcel is here. Paz is here. Jay's here. Hi, Stephanie from Houston. Hey, Max. Um, all right, so let's get started. First, ugh, I want to tell you where I am right now. I'm supposed to have my mug. That's what I forgot. Um, my third space mug. We are at Third Space. It's a co-working place in North New Jersey, 142 Lafayette Street. That is where my private office is. It's also where this wonderful little podcast studio is with all the really cool, dope, you know, podcast studio things. Um, so I can just leave my office and walk 10 steps and I'm in a freaking podcast studio, y'all. Like for real, that's my life. I can't believe it. Like I got a dope office with all my little office supplies. And then when it's time for me to do my live Facebook, Instagram stuff, I just walk out, walk around, boom. Time to do my thing. It's great. Voice of God bringing me some third space stuff. So yes, the place is called Third Space, 142 Lafayette, 624 steps from Penn Station. They count it. It's a true thing. Um, so if you ever wanna come visit me, come through. I always love to have meetings, meaning like just come so you can see my white shag rug under my desk. My business page. I need, we all need to migrate over to the business page. Um, it's also called Aaliyah S. King and I will invite all of you to join me there. I want to try to start to have some separation. Actually, I don't want to have any separation, but the voice of God keeps telling me there should be separation between your personal page and your business page. So I'm going to try to do that and just post personal stuff on my personal page and do this on my business page. So look out for that, please. I would appreciate it if you would join me there. Alicia Tucker. Is this Alicia Tucker from the eighth grade? No way. That would be so epic. Um, okay. So that was number two. Um, my business page has 500 people. I'm so excited about that. Um, I have close to 5,000 people on my personal page and that's not really so great. I don't really get to interact with people for what they're there for. So I have, you know, yeah, Crystal, I love my video. I have all these people on my personal page. Okay, Karen, get the baby in the bed. And I want to interact with them about my kid or about clothes or my new haircut, which we do have to discuss briefly. And that's not really for, that's not what this is for. So I do think there is some space for that. Re Hunter is in my um, accountability series. I have a 12 week accountability series to help people get their books written in three months. And Wednesday night, you have to update the uh, spreadsheet so I can see how you did that week. And I ain't seen her update yet. So she out here though. She here. She's fully on blast. Fully. Jeez. Fully. Um, okay, so it has 500 pages. That's really cool. The Voice of God made a post about it saying, yeah, we made it to 500 people. And I didn't know that. And it's like yellow smileys. It's not something I would have done. Another thing, every three months or so, I do free 15 minute um, consultations. It's literally like, call me up, tell me what you're working on, and let's talk about it. Whether it's fiction, nonfiction, poetry, 
whatever it is that you're working on with writing, maybe it's just motivation. Maybe you're not even putting words to page yet, but you just want to talk to someone who's been there. 15 minutes for free. I do it every couple of months. It works out really well. I feel really good about it. And it also gives me a lot of motivation for my own work. So that's coming up. If you are listening to this right now, then you get to know it before anyone else. My calendar usually fills up in about 20 minutes. Um, it's a finite period of time. Obviously, I can't talk to that many people. I usually do about 20 people. So 20 slots goes very quickly. So the Voice of Reason is going to post something on my page. But if you want to sign up now, you can DM me and say, yo, let me see the calendar. I'll send you a link to my calendar. You can fill it out. It's Sundays from 11 to 4 only. And it's only three Sundays. So once that's filled up, I'm done for now. So keep an eye out for that. DM me if you want the calendar link early because you're here, you will get it. Um, so I always talk about fiction here and I always talk about creative writing, but that's not the bulk of my day. The bulk of my day, my regular work week is plain old fashioned writing for outlets, print outlets, um, web outlets, whoever will have me. I work for a tech company and I do app reviews for them, um, which is a lot of my bread and butter um, each month. And I write for different websites. So like I said in the video earlier today where I was sort of you know, preparing for the day, I don't have to pitch anymore. And that's a blessing. I only pitch stories if it's something personal to me that I really wanna write. In terms of just what I need to do to eat, I'm blessed in the fact that I don't have to do that. I'm gonna get enough work most of the time to get by. I don't have to come up with stories, ideas week to week, they'll be there. Um, and that is definitely a blessing, but it's still something that I know how to do. And it's something that I appreciate teaching folks. Um, so the questions that I wanna see are about pitching. Have you ever pitched a story? Were you in a situation where you pitched something and you never heard back and you don't know why? Um, are you interested in pitching to different places? Where would you like to see your work appear? What do you think you can write about? I wanna get all those questions. I want you to ask me all those questions this hour and I will do my best to answer them as best I can. Um, I'm gonna start you off with some of the basic questions that people often ask me. The number one question I'm always asked is, how do I get in touch with an editor? Because obviously you're not going to be able to pitch a story anywhere if you don't know how to get to the person you're trying to pitch to. Um, and the answer to that is that it's both simple and really, really difficult. I'll give you an example. Um, let's say, Voice of God, name a publication that you would want to write for. GQ. Okay. Boom, we're so in tune. So here's GQ and I put this copy of it inside the text for my class because just looking at the cover of this magazine will give you a lot of ideas as to where you wanna pitch it. Are you gonna pitch them a story on Matt Damon? Of course you're not, he's on the cover. You're not writing it as a freelancer unless you've been freelancing for them for a very long time. So when you look at GQ, you are going to find the masthead and the masthead is going to have a list of course it's not in here for some reason it's going to have a list of all the editors that work there but you're not going to just pick one and think that you know which section of the magazine that they work for that's not going to work this is what you're going to do you're going to look at the first page that shows you every magazine has it. Every print magazine does this. And the beginning of the table of contents, they'll show you a couple of the shorter stories and the people who wrote them. So like, for example, oh my gosh. The first one says the cover story is by, is about Damon. Then it says fall preview by Devin Gordon. And then it says dominant jeans by Ty Sheridan. Then it says the United States of Huge by Katie Weaver. Then it says, Berlin is the coolest city on the planet. Um, it lists all the people there. Then what you're gonna do, you're gonna cross-reference those names and see which one of these people are freelancers and which one of these people works full-time at the magazine. Why do you need to know the difference between those people who work as freelancers and those who work full-time at the magazine? 
what what's the reason for that mm -hmm. well the reason for that is if you see it's been written by a freelancer by a freelancer that is a type of story that you can pitch to the magazine with a little bit more confidence if you see it's written by a full-timer don't pitch just don't pitch that section at all ever if you see that is written by someone who works at the magazine because it's very likely that that's that person's beat and they do it every month so whenever someone says how do i get into essence or how do i get into gq or how do i get into new york times magazine etc i always say how many back issues of this magazine do you have voice of god how many back issues of gq do you have currently probably about 10. And what's the most recent? Uh, two months. So you have the three most recent? I have, the last one I got was two months ago. Okay. So I'm side-eyeing you if you don't have at least three issues, back issues, in order. The last three issues should be in your possession of any magazine that you think you want to write for. If you don't have that, then you don't really want to write for them. How on earth would you be able to pitch a magazine when you don't even know the sections? You cannot look through just one issue. You need to have at least three, preferably six. I, if it's up to me, I want you to have a year's worth. When I started out, I always had a year's worth of magazines. I subscribed to any magazine I wanted to write for, period. Let me tell you a little story. There was a magazine called Jane. Does anybody remember Jane? It's from a long time ago. Jane Pratt was sort of uh, a thing. And she had a magazine called Jane. And... It was a good magazine. It was cool. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I always looked at the masthead. And one time I looked at the masthead and I saw that there was a girl, who, a woman who worked there named Akiba Solomon. And I was like, not trying to be trifling or anything, but I remember thinking, there's a black girl at Jane because it ain't what no white girl named Akiba Solomon. So this girl, Akiba Solomon, must be black. So I wrote a note in the margins of the magazine, Akiba Solomon works at Jane Magazine. Keep that in mind. I didn't know why. I just wanted to make sure I knew that. I just felt like it might be important. Six months later, I'm looking at my source every single month. I look at them. I said, guess who's the new editor at the source? Akiba Solomon. Guess who wrote her a note? Hey, Akiba, so cool to see that you work at the source now. I was following you when you were at Jane. Good luck at the source. Since it's her. Like, Akiba is my friend now and, you know, we ended up working together at the source, but it's those tiny little connections that mean something to someone. Um, I didn't work for her beat, so I didn't end up writing for her, for her department, but still, I knew her and I followed her and that matters. If somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, can you help me? I want to write for blah, blah, blah. You can do that. But if somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, I read your story on Wayne Williams and Billboard. How did you end up getting that story? Then I'm more interested. Writers are selfish people. We like to be flattered. So that matters. I would not have known that Akiba started at Jane and went to the source had I not been following along um, with the assets. So if you don't have three months of whatever magazine you want to write for, preferably six, and a perfect world is 12, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, that's just for print. For uh, the web, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit harder to keep up with who's where and what the actual publications want, but it's also easier. You have a much lower barrier to entry to get at a digital publication, which makes people kind of lazy sometimes. Um, okay, so I talked about how to get an editor. I can't tell you guys everything because this is actually like a class that costs $175. So I'm not trying to like give up all the jewels, but you know, we still got a half an hour. Oh, there's Amy. Hey, Amy. She said, how do you get an agent? <sighs> okay. How do you get an agent? Okay. Okay. This is how you get an agent. It's simple, but nobody wants to do this. You find five to 10 books that are similar to whatever you write. You take the author's name, you Google them with the words agent. You see what pops up. You query that agent. It's kind of that simple. So like, if you wrote the same types of things that I wrote, if you put Aaliyah S. King in quotes and put agent in quotes, you know what is going to pop up? Victoria Sanders and Associates. Boom. You know who my agent is. And if you think that the things I write are similar to the things that you write, 
that's who you would query. It's just that simple. You can start there for the first 10 or so. Agents want stuff, by the way. Agenting is not as like brick wall as people think. They either are accepting new clients or they're not. And agents like mine right now is not accepting. Wait, I, should, I better not say that because I don't know that for sure. But when she's not accepting new clients, it'll say it on her website, not looking for new clients right now. Um, James, I don't want to make it sound like it's that simple, but it kind of is. Like, in order to find the right agent, don't you just need to query some agents? And if you want to find an agent, don't you want them to have rep some books like yours? So go to the bookstore, find five to 10 books that are either like your book or similar to your writing at the very least. Google and find out the name. Authors will always thank their agents, always. Pick up a book that's similar to a book you like or a book that you think you would be rep by. Go to the first page and tell me that the author doesn't say, thanks to my agent, blah, blah, blah. I've never written a book that I didn't think my agent on the first page for. So it's not that hard to figure out who's repping the books that are similar to yours or similar to your style. And then you hit them up. Like the query letter itself is pretty simple. You can see templates of that on, you know, you can find templates of that. Um, and you say, hey, you repped Aaliyah S. King's Platinum and I'm writing the next version of that. She herself said it was really good. I'd love to send it to you. That's it. They're either going to get back to you or they're not. Um, and most agents, agenting still seems to me to be a very gentlemanly, gentlewomanly sort of business where they do things by the books. They'll send you a nice rejection letter. I have many, you know, it seems to be a still orderly universe when it comes to getting an agent. They either want you or they don't. They'll take two months to get back to you, but most times they will. And they'll say, you're right for our list or you're not. It's pretty simple. Amy, I hope I answered Voice of God, did I answer that? I believe you did. I have a question. In the meantime, getting back to pitching. Okay. Um, do you ever pitch the same story to multiple publications? At the same time? Yes. Never, ever, 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 ever do simultaneous submissions. It's not worth it for what could happen. Because what are you supposed to do if you get an assignment and then... Another publication hits you back and says, okay, we'll take it. What are you going to do then? I'm listening. What happens if you, what happens? If the battery is low there, is it going to stop? No, it's not. Um, tell me, waste of God. Oh, uh, you're screwed with one of the publications at least. Yeah, and you'll never work for them again. Not only are you screwed with them, but the publishing industry is very small. So if I work at Essence and you pull some crap like that, not only am not only are you going to be not writing for me again, but I'm going to tell the publication you are writing for. I'm going to call my girl up at Ebony and be like, you know what this dude did? You know Voice of God? Yeah, pitched us both the same story. And I just took him. I just took the story and I accepted it. Don't ever do a simultaneous submission. You're not that precious. I feel like I just got caught cheating. It's, it would be that. It would be that. Don't do that. Um, now, I've done it. It's like double booking for a hair appointment. Yep, exactly. Except the only difference is the hairdresser won't, you won't get either one, like Cynthia just said. You won't get either one. And it's just not worth it. It's a luxury problem, but it's not worth it. Um, now, with all that being said, I have done it, um, especially with breaking news. Um, with breaking news, you can let them know, hey, if I don't hear back from you by end of day today, I'm going to pitch it elsewhere. That's fine. If you want to really push for that, that's breaking news. But if it's a trend piece or a personal essay or a feature or investigative reporter where there's no real, hey, Armani, where there's no real need to do that, don't do that. It's very amateurish and it could lead to a lot of trouble. So no simultaneous submissions, like ever. Like I can't think of a single time where you would be able to do that and not risk a lot. Okay. Jade says, how do you keep pitch ideas flowing when you're just starting out? It feels like no ideas are new under the sun on Beyonce's internet. I know how that feels. I do. 
what do you do when you feel like there are no ideas on Beyonce's internet? I think what I have done in the past is, hey, Deb, is read some different stuff to get my mind going. Like, for example, every couple of weeks, every couple of months or so, I resubscribe to the New York Times for the 10th time, even though I can never keep up and I start getting depressed when they pile up at my door and I can't read them all. Then I say, I'll just do the Sunday Times and I can't keep up with that either, but it does help. So you probably, it's probably time for you to visit some different websites, subscribe to a different magazine you normally wouldn't do. And also don't forget to live in the real world, like take a cooking class or start dancing. Well, or some kind of dancing, like, do something that's going to trigger some ideas because the ideas are there. And if you feel like you can't get them, there's nothing new under the sun, it's because there isn't. Like, what is there really new under the sun? I mean, I can tell you what I worked on this week and it's not really much different. Like for example, last week, was that last week? I wrote a story on Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams discovered R. Kelly and worked with him on 10 consecutive platinum albums. And he had some interesting things to say about um, where R. Kelly stands now and how he thinks he's innocent, right? So it might seem like that's a new idea, but it's really not. He, Wayne Williams, the source is different, but the idea is not, is not different, you know? So maybe it's just the people or the things you wanna talk about. There really isn't nothing new on Beyonce's internet. You know, write a story about Beyonce's internet and why that's the thing. Write a story about some slang. Because I love it when millennials say Beyonce's internet. That's just always entertaining to me. So I don't want to freak you out, but I saw like three stories in your comment to me. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I did. So you think you don't have any, but you do. You got plenty. Um, I mean, like you literally could say, I have no ideas on Beyonce's internet for writing a story. That could be a story. Like how are young people finding ideas? And how are young people, who's writing the stories that you are interested in? Maybe you could interview them. Maybe you could talk to them. Is it because we have so much media at our dis disposal? Is that making us more unable to come up with new ideas? There's a story there in your in your comment. Um, okay, I think I saw another question. Yep, Stephanie. Uh, is it a, is it, a, is a pitch as simple as a catchy email or is a template form like a press release? Ooh, Stephanie, I can't answer that because I just saw a comment from Tracy and she was like, they're getting more than enough because she was at my class. They got a lot for free, she said. Um, I can answer that, but not in detail. I can answer that. Um, it's both, depending on the story. It can be a catchy email or it can be like a really thought out form that looks like a press release. It depends on who you're pitching it to. It depends on what the story is about. It depends on what kind of relationship you have with the editor. I think Jermaine is on here. Jermaine Hall, I've written for Jermaine at at least seven different publications over the past 20 years. If I have a story for Jermaine, the email looks like this. Yo, Jay, you saw this? Link. Let me get that. 500 words. I have it to you by tomorrow. And he'll say, thumb emoji. That is our pitching relationship. Um, now, if it's something that's more intense that I know he doesn't want me to write about, because he's going to say, oh, she's going to cost me money. For example, I wanted to do this story on, what's the name of the gang, the Haitian gang in Miami that Little Wayne runs with? Zopal. I, I, I was reading about Zopal. I decided I want to go to Miami, hang out with them, and do the story. I knew I couldn't say, yo, Jermaine, send me to Miami so I can write this story on Zopal, because he would just be like, no. So, ah, uh, he is here. So I had to come up with a good long pitch and this is why we're gonna win National Magazine Award and link, 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 and I can do it. He still said no, I still didn't get to write my story. But even though I have a relationship with him, sometimes it has to be a, a more formal pitch. So it depends. It can be a catchy email. Sometimes a pitch is actually the entire story already written. I've done that too. I pitched the same story on the death of Diddy's dad for five years. After I finished the story, the magazine I was writing it for went under and I pitched it to four different publications, letting them read the actual entire story. And it finally did get published. Um, so sometimes it's the whole thing. Sometimes the pitch is not even a story, which 
leads me to my next thought. Um, but first, do we have more questions? Or Jermaine's gonna get like 17 pictures today. <laughs> um, I saw on Twitter this past week, a young lady said that an editor she sent a story idea to stole her idea and that they had published it with another writer, same headline, same point, same bullet points, same everything. And she was devastated. I saw it in a private writer's group page on Facebook. And then I saw she finally just went out with it and went public with it. She was really um, upset. And it's something that people have talked to me about a lot. Like, why would I pitch a story? Why would I give my great idea for a story to a publication when they can just keep it? And they talk about maybe I should give them a non-disclosure form along with my pitch. Yeah, you try that and see what happens. The truth of the matter is, if that ever happens, it's so unlikely that you need to let that go and just pitch your story. No publication is sitting around waiting for pitches so they could steal it and say, we won't hire her to write it. It's just, I'm 21 years in and that has never, ever, ever, ever happened to me. And this is year 21. Um, it's just very unlikely that an editor at a publication is going to steal your idea. What's more likely, what's the name of that thing that, that um, go with the most simplest explanation? Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor. What's most likely is that a whole bunch of people pitch that same story with that same headline with those same bullet points. That's actually a lot more likely than you got your idea stolen. I'm not saying she did it. I don't know the true details of all of it. I just know after 21 years of being on both sides, I've been a writer, I've been an editor. I've pitched stories, I've accepted pitches. Um, and I know that when I was at Ebony, I would sometimes get the same exact story pitched to me by four different people. Um, ah, Stephanie has a good question. But wait, Eugene, okay. Ever pitch a story to a local TV station for a news story not being covered. I don't know exactly what you mean because I don't do news stories for television. So do you mean something you want them to cover or you want to be on the news talking about it? Eugene, I need a little bit more um, detail there. I'm going to come back to you because I don't really know. Wait, no questions on Instagram? Nope. That's weird. Instagram. Is it because I'm further away from the camera? Hi, people on Instagram. Oh. Okay. Um, I have no, I have never written for a mag, no clue what to charge. Well, let me say something, Stephanie. You don't charge. That's first. They'll pay you what they pay. You don't get to charge. Um, except you do. You know, you can decide how much you're going to. Should I talk frankly about money? Yes. Okay, so for the web, you can get paid anywhere between 50 cents a word or less up to 250 a word or more. But it's gonna, for, for most regular places that have ads, it's gonna fall somewhere in there, maybe 25 cents a word to 250 a word. Um, I did not write for the web for a very long time for that reason. You know, at the height of print media, I was making $2, $2.50, a word for stories that were 5,000 words. Um, so yeah, it was cute before the recession. So when the web started to be more of a place, I just couldn't do it because people were like, we'll pay you 10 cents a word. I'm like, I'm coming from $3 a word. What are y'all talking about? I can't eat on this. Um, so I didn't write for the web for a very long time. And then... I would say about five years ago, I started to notice that some of the publications were paying a little bit better. They still don't pay as well as print did 10 years ago, but this is not 10 years ago. So I get it. Um, I don't write for, I have a minimum amount of money I need to get. But uh, again, this is year 21 for me and I can do that. If you're starting out, you know, you have to set for you what, what feels good to you and what you'll accept. So let's say you're writing for, I don't know what the, okay, I don't want to sound like extra, but I really don't know what the going rate is for places because I don't go into them asking for that. I say, this is my rate and 
can we work around that? And if not, then that's okay. Um, I'll go ahead over this way to someplace that can pay my rate. But yeah, you're not going to be able to charge what you want. You're going to be able to either accept what they're offering or not. If you're asking how much you should expect, I would say 50 cents a word for the typical mainstream publication that has ads, maybe a dollar. What about the idea of writing for exposure? No. Hell no. Don't write for free. Don't write for free. Don't write for free. No, there's no writing for free. I don't like that. No writing for free. I did it. Shout out to G Kim at Stress Magazine. My first clip, 1998. Still have it. But G didn't have a budget. They were literally like printing that, that magazine up the best way they could. And G also gave me something I couldn't have at that time, which was a true editing experience. So I did get something out of it. There's no fighting, there's no writing for free people. Don't write for free. Don't write for exposure. Don't do it. Just don't. I don't like this whole concept these millennials have of I'm gonna do it for exposure. I'm an intern. Don't even, don't do it. Wait. So why do I feel that strongly about it? I feel that strongly about it because I don't feel like folks who are doing that for free in 2019 are getting the same benefits that you got when you did that 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, it was an honor to be in the same room with these people to get their attention. But in 2019, I feel like you have better access to people than you need than you needed to 20 years ago. And I just don't understand why you'd be writing for free. Voice of God, are you saying that like for yourself or just in general? In general. Nah, I'm not down with it. Don't write for free. Damn First of all, if it was for myself, I wouldn't say it at this point anyway before I get socked in the eyes. So. Five. I don't care. Now, when I say don't write for free, I mean on <laughs> principle. I'm not saying... Aaliyah told me it's a dollar a word. Like, even if it's $20 for whatever small story it is, they better pay you. It's the principle. No one should be hiring you and not giving you some money. It's the principle of it. You mean to tell me that whatever publication you're writing for, they don't have $25? If they don't have $25, then you don't need to be up in their magazine anyway. Because where are they going? I don't even want to be affiliated with a magazine that can't pay a writer $25 a story. And it should be more than that. And don't let me find out you're writing for a publication that has ads and you're not getting no money. How are you writing for a magazine with advertisements and you don't, and you writing for exposure? Is this exposure include a free ad in the magazine? Cause then maybe we talk about something that's bartering, but no, 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 no. If they got ads, they should be paying you. And if they don't have ads, they should be paying you. So there's that. I'm done. Um, how did you come up with it? Yeah, Stephanie, Eugene, did you, um, Eugene, Stephanie just kind of explained that. It's not really, uh, Yasmin, I'm going to come back to platinum because that's like a whole tangent. Cynthia, no, 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 don't worry about that. Do not worry about an idea getting stolen. I don't want to sound, I should stop saying that. At the risk of sounding mean, no, that's not what I want to say either. The odds that your idea is stealable are low. I know that sounds messed up, but it's true. Like, whatever idea you have, I can promise you that if you find the right publication and the right editor, they've already heard that idea. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's a luxury problem if you can find the right editor and the right story and they... And they've heard of it before. Like, what do you, give me an example, Cynthia. I want to know one of your stories right here. I promise you, I won't steal it. Nobody else on this. We all promise you. Give me like a general consensus of what one of these stories are that you have and have an idea. You know what? You could DM me if you don't feel comfortable sharing it here. I have an idea, but I don't want it to be stolen. I'm new to the game. And I've never pitched. DM me right now. I want to see this idea. And I'm not stealing it. Y'all know that. Um, thank you, Stephanie. It's actually a mess. It's time to go get them done. Uh, oh, Pasa, unless it's your own blog. Of course you write for free on your own blog, sillies. That's, yeah, not every writing platform, of course. Um, 
Oh, so many people. Hey, Jacqueline Keyshawn Perry. So let me tell you about Jacqueline Keyshawn Perry. I was always in love with her name. And I always loved the idea of having three names. Zora Neale Hurston, Shale Hadari Coker, Aaliyah S. King. Jacqueline Keyshawn Perry, we went to elementary school together. And I was just fascinated that this 10-year-old would be like, my name is Jacqueline Keyshawn Perry. It was so boss. We're like twins. And she straight is like, this is my name. All three parts. Don't forget it. I don't think I've spoken to her since the fifth grade, but I felt like I would share that there. Okay. Do we have more questions? Uh, that is a good. Well, we got 12 minutes and I'm out of here because I am exhausted, my people. Exhausted. Oh, okay. I'll come back to Yasmin and then if we have time, we'll be done. My storyline is so different. What if so what if it's so different that no one would want to read it? I stepped out of my comfort zone and I'm already 65k in. The drama haven't hit yet. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. Just finish. Just finish. Your brain is telling you, oh, it's so different. No one's going to want to read it. Just because your brain doesn't want you to finish it. I say this every week. Your brain don't want you to do nothing except wake up and go to bed. That's it. Everything else, your brain is pissed off that you're taxing it this much. So your brain is going to continually tell you not to go to the gym, not to cook dinner, not to eat right, not to finish your book. And it comes up with really good reasons, really good reasons. So that to me sounds like your brain saying, what if it's so different that no one want to read it? Why should we bother? Don't let your brain tell you that. Just finish. Finish. Um, Eugene, are you asking me how I'm take, taking, getting home? No, I'm not taking the bus home. Okay. Um, oof, two good questions. I remember you mentioned writing for trade pubs in previous Facebook sessions. Is that the actual move on the reel? Did I talk about writing for trade pubs? Maybe the uh, tech firm? That's not trade. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think I said trade necessarily, although it's the move for sure. There's some really good money in writing for trade. Oh yeah, I did, I did, I did. I haven't done it much, but there's some really good money in writing for trade publications it's um oh, oh oh i'm sorry eugene yes that makes sense that makes sense um yes trade pubs are a good idea for sure but it's really clicky it's really hard to get into trade pubs unless you're coming from a marketing background for me coming in from a consumer background it was really difficult um just like i write a lot for aarp the magazine which, by the way, has the highest circulation of any magazine in the United States. True. And I didn't, I started writing for them because someone from a marketing group who was familiar with my writing as a consumer suggested me to the New Jersey editor of the magazine and was like, she would be dope. You should get her to write for you guys. I've been writing for them for four years. It's a really, um, I love it. It's a really good, I, um, really good outlet for me and I appreciate it. Um, but it's very corporate, you know? Like I don't write anything longer than 600 words and it has to be in a particular format. And they're very strict about how things are written and how things are sourced. And the information I have to send along with my fact checking is usually four or five times longer than the actual story because it has to be very precise and all the transcripts have to be um, highlighted in a certain way. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. But yes, I think that trade pubs can be a good move if that's what you want to do. If you're trying to do trade pubs to write for consumer pubs, that's not going to help. That's not going to happen. Um, if you want to write for consumer publications, then write for them. If you want to write for trades, then write for trades. Um, oh, I guess Billboard is still a trade. I write for Billboard a lot, but it's sort of morphing. When I worked there in the 90s, it was definitely a trade magazine. Now it's sort of half trade, half consumer. They do more original reporting and they actually have a cover. The cover of Billboard used to look like a newspaper and now it's like they shoot covers for it. So, but I think it's technically still a trade. Um, do you recommend self-publishing? <sighs> I do. If that's you, it's not me. Do I recommend self-publishing for myself? No. I don't, I, I, I don't have the right temperament 
and I don't have the right business acumen. I should not say that because I do, but I don't want to do some of the things. When I'm done with a project, with a book, I just wanted to go away and then appear in a bookstore. I could not bear to do a cover and pick the font and do the pagination. I've seen people do pagination for books. It's horrifying. You think just putting one through 150 is easy, but it's not. Um, it's not my thing. Maybe one day, but for me right now, not my thing. I do recommend it for people who are into that. If you can pack up books all over your house and call all the bookstores and see if they'll stock, if you can do that life, go for it. Um, I don't think I'm, I don't think I have it in me to do the self-publishing, which the last time I was on live, I said I didn't have it in me to do a certain type of writing and I just did it. So maybe I shouldn't say I can't self-publish because I'll probably start. Um, Stephanie, what are you asking? What's the difference? Oh, well, consumer is more creative. Trade is more money. You know, trade publications generally will pay you more depending on um, what it is, but it's usually not the fun stuff. You know, you're not going to interview celebrities for trades, um, at least not mostly, um, but it's steady. You'll get paid on time. You'll get paid well. Um, and that means a lot to me, it means a lot more to me now at 21 years in than it did to me in 99 when I wanted to interview celebrities. I don't care about that now at all. Um, I would like to get paid on time at net 45 or net 90 or whatever it is. And consumers are still not so great with that. Um, okay, we got five minutes. Stephanie, I hope that I was helpful with that question, writing for trade or consumer. Um <coughs> need a cough button. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. Sorry. I was on the editorial side, but can appreciate the research and work that seems to be behind trade mags. Karen knows what I'm talking about. Oh, such a great question, Jade. How do you compartmentalize your creative writing with trade? Well, I don't write trade. I don't write specifically for trade magazines, but I do have to compartmentalize fiction with, you know, Billboard and Very Smart Brothers and who do I write for? I actually made a note to myself because I was like, I never know in a given, oh, Apple, Billboard. Um, there's a tech site that I might be writing for on their website. Um, I do tech reviews of apps. Um, so I have to figure out a way to separate those things. Right now, I'm not working on my novel. That's my first time actually saying that out loud. Normally I say, I'm working on my novel, kind of, sort of, but I'm really not. Like I haven't picked it up in like two months. Let's hope my agent's not on here. I don't think she is. So when I am working on my novel, I have to figure out a way to compartmentalize. And I usually do that not very well. I usually do that by working on my novel as soon as I wake up in the morning and then doing everything else throughout the day. Um, are you yawning? Am I boring you? I'm not, no. Not I just all. saw you. I'm tired. I'm, I, I've had a long day, too. I mean, you know, when the voice of God is yawning, I guess that means God we should rested. be wrapping it. <laughs> guess we should be wrapping it up. Because how can you be omnipresent if on, you're on yawning? Seventh, on the seventh day. Is it Elias or Alias? That's can't tell the you question of the day. They can't tell you in writing. It's Elias or it's Alias. That's what you want to know. Hi, Alicia. Are you going to be there next week? Oh, I'm so glad you got on. So you guys, if you're near the shore area, Asbury Park, never know. Could be somebody on. I'm going to be doing a storytelling event um, at Asbury Park Hotel. It's part of the Asbury Park Press storytelling series that they do. And I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. The voice of God will be there, but he doesn't know what I'm talking about because he just doesn't. Um, I'm still working on it. I have one more rehearsal before I'm ready, but it's super fun. So you should... If you're in the shore area next Wednesday. Wednesday, next Wednesday, then you should do that. Okay. So writing fiction and great, but would like trade niche editorial to be bread and butter. Yes, that's the case for me. Fiction um, pays more, but it's also less, you know, my last book came out in 2012, which is crazy to me. Um, I wrote five books in five years. 
Tracy, will you really come? Don't say that. I would really love it if you were there. Don't say you'll come if you won't. Asbury Park Hotel, Asbury Park Press storytelling event. I'll post it on my page. Um, did I, was I saying before that? Uh, no, Asbury, you're right. Mm -mm. No, Before I was talking about something. Oh, about my book and not writing it? Yes. Um, so right now, my day job is what I'm doing. And I do have a series, accountability series, with some very lovely women who are helping me get my own self-focused while they're trying to get focused. Um, so I read it. I read my book all the time. Um, I think about it all the time. But in terms of like just getting that second half done, it hasn't really I have reasons, but we only have 60 seconds. So, it's so hard being a creative writer, but day jobbing at a regular nine to five, but also wanna no Jade. That's not hard. Create a writing practice and protect it. Oh period. Look at were you there last week? Watch last week's video. It's still on my timeline. What were you gonna say? What's that? No, um just going back and forth between the trade and consumer, another thing that I did for a long time, not that anybody really knows who I am, is I... <laughs> and I, never will. They never will. Um, I wrote for marketing firms directly for companies' blogs, and it was like white label stuff, so my name was never on it. But if you were a tech firm or if you wrote for whatever, I wrote blog pieces for your industry. Were you allowed to use those as like to pitch other places to do that same work? No. Mm. But what ends up happening is the money's good, so... You kind of rock off from there and if that pays for the fun stuff and the other stuff I'm trying to do. Oh, okay. Uh, really quick, Yasmin. Oh my gosh. You asked me this last time and I said I would answer this time. Uh, okay. All right. Mm. It's 2004. An editor from Vibe calls me up and says, hey, we want you to do a story on women who are married to rap artists. And I was like, okay. And she was like, aren't you getting married soon? I said, yes. And your husband-to-be is in the industry, right? I said, yes. So come to it from that angle and spend some time with them. I, spend, I ended up spending an entire year following along seven women who were married to rap artists, including Snoop Dogg's wife and Jarrell's wife and Wyclef's wife and all these women. And after a year, I wrote a story called The Secret Lives of Hip Hop's Wives. And it, the story did well. And when I was done with it, I told my agent, I want to hang out with them a little longer and see if I could write a nonfiction like book about their life. And he said, don't do that. Take what you got from them. Think about it. Formulate a novel so you can have super big fun with this whole idea and write a novel loosely based on okay, the story. I already forgot whose DM I'm looking for. Well, I mean, how many are there? Oh, oh, Jade wasn't sending me what I thought. Yes, Jade, I'll, I'll send it to you. I thought she was sending me something about, who said they were gonna send my their story idea to me? Someone said that. Um, so I turned it into a novel and I had so much fun writing it, Yasmin. Once my agent freed me from having to think about it in terms of nonfiction and just have some fun with it and base it on real people loosely, um, my favorite story about the book, uh, the day it was released, I got a DM from the wife of a very well-known rapper. And I was like, oh God, oh gosh, oh gosh. Um, what am I gonna do? I don't even wanna click on this. So I clicked on it and all it said was, I know this is me, I love this book and I just, died. I just melted into a puddle and died. Um, because I think these women, this is before Love and Hip Hop. This is before Real Housewives. So these women didn't have a voice back then. They didn't talk about this stuff at all. You didn't even know who rappers were married to back in the day. Maybe you knew their name. You definitely didn't know what they looked like. So for a lot of these women, I feel like they appreciated, you know, their story being told, even though it was fiction. Um, about a week after that, I went to LA to do a story on Timbaland and his wife picked me up from the airport and we're driving and she was like, uh, I got your book. And I look in the back seat, she's got platinum in the back seat and I'm like, oh shit. And she's like, are any of these people supposed to be me? And I'm like, wouldn't you know that? Like you read the story. Like, why are you? And I said, no, none of these people are supposed to be you. Are any of these dudes supposed to be Tim? And I'm like, mm, ah, no, not really yet. No, 
So it was fun. It was a fun book to write. The sequel was a fun book to write. I'm not writing a third book, but I would like to write a prequel one day about them as young adults. Um, okay. Okay, so that's it. We're five minutes over schedule. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Kyle. I thank you guys so much for being here. As always, this will be on my page if you want to come back through and watch it all the way through. Um, we are at Third Space, 142 Lafayette Avenue or Street? Lafayette. I always forget, mess that part up. 142 Lafayette Street. Yes. Um, 142 Lafayette Street uh, in, oh, thank you, Cecily. That is so sweet. I appreciate you. Hey, Justine. Um, third space. So come through. Uh, if you would like a 15-minute free consultation with me before I post it on my page, send me a DM. Oh, that's what that was for. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Send me a DM. One person has DM me so far. And I will send you the link to my calendar so you can get on my calendar. Because once I put it on my page for real, for real, or rather once the voice of God puts it on my page, it's going to go really quickly. It always does. Um, I mean, honestly, with 15 slots, it shouldn't get to your page if you're announcing it here, I think. Well, only one person has done it. That's because they're slipping. They're messing up. I'm saying. Um, Okay. I think that's it. Are we done? You're the boss. You tell me. You're, you're God. <laughs> you're literally omnipresent. You're God. Don't say that too loud. I'm going to get struck. You're, you're the voice of God. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm done. All right. I'm out of here. Bye, everybody.